All right, Vet Girl listeners, it's that time of the year when interns and residents start. I always joke you should never get sick in June or July because you're going to see interns and residents at a human hospital. But what Garrett and I wanted to do, having been interns and residents before, is talk about how to survive the next year or the next few years as an intern or resident. Now, I did my internship at Angel, which is associated with the MSPCA in Boston. And I did this in 97, back when the internship was still really, really hard. In other words, we would be on an overnight shift for all of greater Boston. This was before a lot of other specialty clinics even opened up. And I would be lying on my cot in the intern office, what we call the intern hole, thinking, I'm the only vet open in the greater Boston area. And it was super intimidating. But I learned a ton during my internship, but I also made a lot of mistakes. And so what we're going to talk about is how to survive that. Both Garrett and I went on to do our emergency critical care fellowship and residency at University of Pennsylvania. And so we also practiced in an urban setting where we saw a ton of trauma, ton of uh, classic emergency cases that come in like block cats or poisoning situations. And because it was located right in downtown Philadelphia, we saw a huge demographic of different socioeconomic uh, situations where some owners couldn't afford to do anything and some owners are driving in from, you know, richer suburbs. And so what we'll talk about is how to deal with clientele, how to appropriately communicate, how to survive your year, and how to get a lot out of it and be able to learn as much as you can. So Garrett, go ahead and start us off. So I'm going to start off by let's remember why we all enrolled in internship programs, because I know sometimes on those rough nights, as Justine was talking about, we can lose sight of some of the really cool reasons to be an intern. And the first is it can be fun. And I remember my internship. And yes, there were some days where it was just not fun. And I can use other words, PG or non-PG related, but there were some stressful days. But I do remember some great internship moments, and I have some photos that I choose not to share with you that show I was having fun. So yes, internships can really be a fun way to learn. The second is it certainly can and should be intellectually stimulating. You are and should be surrounded by some of the best minds in veterinary medicine, and so it can be very intellectually stimulating to learn and be with some of your mentors. Ultimately, it can and will and should make you a better veterinarian. I just, As Justine said earlier, it is one of the reasons she is such a good veterinarian now is how much she learned, how many cases she saw, the responsibilities that she had. Many of us would attribute a lot of our work ethic and clinical knowledge all the way back to our internship, rotating internship year as a veterinarian. So you are going to practice at a high level. You're going to be surrounded by hopefully great mentors. And if you do choose to move on to a fellowship or residency program, you will be a more attractive candidate for that position. My hope is you did not enroll in an internship because you thought it would be a good way to make money. That is a clear humorous joke right there. You're not going to make any more money being an intern. What you will make hand over fist is an educational investment. What you're doing right now will make you a more financially, but more importantly, knowledgeable veterinarian in the future. I also hope you did not enroll in an internship because you felt you were not ready to practice medicine. 
If you're not ready to practice medicine, you're not ready for an internship. An internship is not there so you can sit back and hold somebody's hand for an entire year. See one, do one, teach one. You are there, yes, to learn, but you are there to see cases. You are there to get experience. So don't try to become an intern just because you said, I'm not ready to be out there. You don't want to go somewhere that has no supervision. You want to make sure you also go somewhere that has a high level of supervision, but you don't want to say supervision without any decision making. So again, go somewhere where you're going to see cases and you are going to learn. You don't want to go through the motions. You don't want to just be behind the scenes. I'll tell you, and from what I've read, the habits that you develop as a veterinarian, as a clinician, most of them are going to be developed within the first one to two years of being in practice. So go into your internship with high drive. Go into your internship saying, I'm going to learn. I'm going to become a great veterinarian. I'm going to learn the right way to do things. You don't want to learn bad habits. Bad habits will stick with you forever. Okay, so go into that internship excited, excited about learning, excited about being with good mentors, excited about seeing cases. That's what this rotating internship will provide you. It's a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of opportunity to become a great veterinarian for the rest of your career. Second point I want to make about an internship is remember, most of you are going to go after veterinary school into a rotating internship. You're not there to be a gunner for a surgical residency. You're not there to be a gunner for an ECC or dermatology residency. You're there to get a more broad aspect of veterinary medicine. You will rotate, as the name implies, through other services. Not only will this make you a better overall veterinarian, if you think you're going to be a surgeon or a dermatologist and never have to have any other disease understanding, you are sorely mistaken. You're going to have to have knowledge of other disease processes. If you're going to be a criticalist like Justine and myself, we have to know a lot about everything. So go into this internship saying, I need to learn more about everything, okay? Don't just be a gunner for the residency you think you want. The second thing is you may go into that rotating internship saying, I must be a surgeon. You go through your first surgical residency and say, I hate orthopedics or I hate soft tissue surgery. And guess what? I didn't think I would, but I love radiology or I love cardiology or I love ophthalmology. So go in with an open mind. You may decide you hate the program you thought you would do for the rest of your life. So go in there with open eyes as you learn about veterinary medicine a little bit more because what you will find is that there's a very big difference of a fourth year student thinking you're making decisions to an actual intern or clinician having to make those decisions, having to make those phone calls, having to do what you couldn't do before. So go into your internship with open eyes. It's very important in the rotating opportunity. The other comments I'll make about making sure we're good clinicians and a good well-rounded internship is that many of you will go into an internship saying, I want to be a resident afterwards. And I know it's shocking and surprising, but you'll start your internship and then several months later, you're going to have to do the same thing you just did. You're going to have to get letters of recommendation for your 
residency opportunity. And you're saying, I just did this. I just did this for my internship. I'm only three months in, and now I have to ask people for surgical or dermatology or whatever residency forms as well. Well, let me tell you something. Veterinary medicine is an incredibly small world, and anyone can get three reasonable letters. But I know when I get a letter from so-and-so about a surgical candidate, I say, hmm, I have a colleague at that same hospital. I wonder why that colleague didn't write a letter for this candidate. Let me call them and get the real behind-the-scenes information. What are they really like? Why didn't they ask you for a letter? So remember, veterinary medicine is a very small world, and make sure that we are nice to everybody, we learn from everybody, and we are good people behind the scenes. Because those three letters, while they are very important, there's a very big network of veterinarians out there that are going to talk to each other. And if you're not nice to the nurses, or you're not nice to your intern mates, or you're not nice to the critical care doctors, because all you want to be is a dermatologist, word will spread. So Justine, what are some of the things you think about on how to survive and how to be a good intern? Well, first, let me touch on one of the points that you brought up. You know, I was a total C student at Cornell, and I ended up getting all A's in clinic, so I rounded out with a 3.0 when I graduated, but I was really honored to get my internship of choice, and it's just because of what you said. It's because the veterinary world is so small. I know it wasn't my grades that got me my internship. It was externing at that location, making sure that they met me, that um, I was demonstrating that I was a hard worker and a good team player. Uh, But more importantly, I know it was because somebody had called to check on me uh, to see if I was a good candidate. And so again, the vet world is so small. And I think if you learn one takeaway, it's play well with others. And that should be whether or not you're in veterinary school or doing an internship or residency. However, when it comes to doing a residency, that's a longer program. So most internships are one year. I'm of the philosophy that anyone should be able to suck up one year. In other words, this is important because you should be able to play well, deal with sleep deprivation, and tolerate any location for one year. But a three-year residency is harder because it's a longer chunk of time. And so I hate to say this, but this is probably true. When in doubt, you want to make sure that you are practicing the way your current attending or mentor is practicing. And what you're going to notice is three different doctors practice three different ways. They may be all board certified. They may be all experts in their field. But for ease of your quality of life, I always say if you're practicing under attendee number one, do things the way that attendee number one does them. What you don't want to do is ask all three attending veterinarians or supervisors how they do it and ask for different opinions. There's a lot of different ways of doing things. And what you have to learn during an internship and residency is which modality works best for you. But during that internship or during that residency, I always do recommend doing it the way that attending does. And that will make your quality of life better. And as a younger budding veterinarian, it is important that you realize there's lots of different ways of practicing. um, But it's also important that you see how those different modalities work. The other thing that I think is really important during an internship is to work hard. Same exact thing goes for residency. These are really important training years, as Garrett already brought up. And 
I know that a recent AVMA study said that people who did internships made less money in the end. I rarely meet anyone who's ever regretted doing an internship. For me, my internship at Angel gave me at least five years experience compared to my colleagues, and it was because of the intense caseload that I saw. I also agree with Garrett. You want to be an internship program that's solid, where you have good mentorship, that you have some supervision, but that you also have the opportunity to allow your wings to spread. What do I mean by that? If you have your hand held for every single thoracocentesis or every single pericardial effusion, you don't gain that confidence to do it on your own. And so I'm a big believer you do have to take the initiative to um, make sure that you feel comfortable doing these procedures. So I do believe that interns should have a little bit of freedom so they build that confidence to uh, continue to do procedures and feel comfortable with that. Another pet peeve of mine is when interns ask, oh, you know, my shift is over. Can I leave now? You don't leave before the attending or the person you're on with. And I do think it's really important that you demonstrate good, solid work ethic. My internship is hard. I worked a hundred hours a week. Uh, was it humane? Probably not, but I learned a ton from it. I don't regret it at all. And it made me a better, more efficient doctor. And everyone always jokes that I'm a really efficient doctor. Well, I learned that at Angel, when you have 20 cases to soap in the morning and you know you're going to hit the emergency list at 8 a.m., you have to be really efficient and you have to be very purposeful and you have to have really good client communication. So again, really important that you learn this during an internship or a residency program. I completely agree, Justine. And it's funny you commented uh, one of my points as well is that, you know, think about the hierarchy. The intern doesn't leave before the resident, and the resident doesn't leave before the attending board-certified clinician. It's sort of like that totem pole trickle-down effect. You want to continue to show your learning, and the reality is that's the way it probably should be. The resident probably needs to learn more than the attending does, and the intern probably needs to learn more than the resident does. And so show that you're willing to put the time and the effort in. These are the years to do that, not only just because we should be doing that, but because we have a lot to learn in our initial years information, procedural, or otherwise. So you want to, as an intern or as a resident as well, come early, stay late. You want to be efficient. Think ahead. What is going to be going on that day? Anticipate what your attending will ask you. What type of documents will you need? What type of submission forms will you need? What type of slips, pharmacy, or otherwise will you need? So be efficient. Show that you're thinking ahead of the game. At the same time, I think two other really important points, one Justine commented on, communicate. The most common single cause of complaints and legal actions against veterinarians is for poor communication. So especially as an intern, you may have more time than others to sit down and communicate with clients. But as Justine talked about earlier, make sure we're also documenting that communication because it sometimes, unfortunately, isn't easy as saying, I told them that if there's no proof or record to do that. So make sure we are doing that because the reality is, as an intern, you are going to be questioned more than the senior clinician. I remember my senior clinician, he could say something and it was kind of like in stone written down. That was what will happen. As an intern, there was a lot more question. If I said, run a CBC, there was eight reasons or eight questions. Why do you want to run a CBC? 
When my attending said run a CBC, somehow the blood was already in the tube and up in the lab. That's just how it worked. So as the internal resident, you have to prove yourself a little bit more. You have to document a little more. So then going into documentation as a house officer, as an intern and resident, you are going to be judged the most. So make sure your documentation, your medical records are up to date. Talking about the difference between a senior clinician and as an intern, the senior clinician's discharge jokingly would be something like, you came for vomiting, we did tests, you left, give these medications. And that would be fine because so-and-so, the big head honcho of the service, wrote it that's totally fine. Nobody's in a question that senior double board certified clinician. But if the intern has a three page document that talks about X, Y, or Z, and you don't comment on one specific test result, that may be, well, why didn't you talk about that? Which should be a good point of Justine and I previously recorded a podcast on writing effective discharge summaries. So make sure you guys listen and check out that podcast as well. But the point of the story here is to make sure we are documenting effectively and efficiently as house officers, you will have the most to prove and most to document down there. So make sure we are documenting appropriately. Justine? The other important thing that I should bring up is being good to those around you and yourself. Now, when it comes to how small the veterinary world, I think Garrett and I already harped on that quite a bit, but you do want to make sure to play really well with the front desk staff, with your receptionist, with your CSRs, your nursing staff. And this is really important because they have so much experience and they're going to be able to teach you too. I remember one of my favorite CSRs that I used to work with at Angel knew how hard I worked to help clear the list. In other words, get a lot of the cases moved out of the ER. And so she oftentimes would call me as soon as my shift started, um, instead of calling my intern mate and secretly say, the first two on the list are vaccines. <laughs> and I would run up there to take the case. And it was only because I was a good team player and, and really tried to work hard to clear the emergency room list. So again, when in doubt, make sure to play well with others. I will say, and Garrett, you can disagree with me if you want to, that does not mean sucking up. I do not like when people kiss up. Um, it's one of my pet peeves. I always joke, I'd rather you bring me a mocha than suck up. But you know, you don't have to suck up, but you have to show that you're a good team player. So you know, checking in and saying, hey, do you need a hand or is there anything I can help with? Um, to be treated the same way you would want to be treated. Garrett, what do you think? I completely agree. You know, I, I hope that I wasn't too much of a suck up. I'm sure I did a little bit during my internship, but it was all in good, um, good effort to want to do things the right way. Uh, so I always tried to be efficient, but, you know, just sucking up and just being there isn't as effective as learning. And I think as senior clinicians, we know who's trying to do what. So I completely agree with that. Um, other points that I want to make with internships is, Make sure to try to stay away from the gossip. And at times, it's very easy to fall in the line of gossip between other interns, between other clinicians, between students. If you're at a teaching hospital, between nurses, it's a very easy thing to fall into gossip. But try to remain professional. Try to have a line between professional and personal relationships and make sure we are being good uh, teammates and not falling in line with gossip. Another point I wanted to make is, Justine commented on this in the beginning of the podcast, but as interns, as residents, and even as senior clinicians, 
we will make mistakes. It's part of medicine to potentially not always know the right answer at the beginning. Okay. It's okay to make mistakes. What I like to say is it's not okay to make mistakes twice. You can never make the same mistake twice because the second time you make it, it's not a mistake. It's a choice. And that's a quote by somebody named Stephen Den. So I completely agree with that. We have to learn from our mistakes. When you do make a mistake, be upfront about that. Whether it's a small mistake or whether it's a big mistake, the only trouble you can really get into is when you try to hide that mistake, when you try to cover it up, when you try to make excuses. We all make mistakes. It's okay. Document them. Talk to the client if needed about that mistake. Talk to your hospital administration about that mistake. It's okay to make mistakes. It's not a negative. This is why we're learning. Just don't make that mistake twice. Which leads me to my next point. One of the ways that we become astute clinicians and avoid making mistakes is by constantly learning. When you do an internship in residency or If you're a veterinarian, you always need to have that passion to continue to learn. And so one of the ways that I think is a good way of learning is taking the time to make sure that you are getting better at either physical exam or certain diagnostic skills. For example, I'm not that good at looking at tympanic membranes. So if you have an animal that you just euthanized, it's a great opportunity to look in the ears or palpate that abdomen or do a lymph node aspirate. And you want to just make sure that you feel comfortable with that. Remember when animals are sedated or under anesthesia or were just euthanized, they don't have that abdominal tone. And so we can palpate a lot more deeply and feel things a lot better. So take that opportunity to learn, to make sure that you're becoming a better clinician. I'll make two final comments about being a good intern. And the first is just being a good person to your intern mates. These are going to be your friends for life. And I could say the same thing for your resident mates. You will go through an experience, as Justine was talking about, that's likely unparalleled to many other professions. So these are going to be your friends for life. And veterinary medicine is invariably a small world. I have intern mates that are all over the country at this point. I'm in the East Coast in the Philadelphia area. I have intern mates near Justine in Minnesota. I have intern mates in California. And we may not talk every day or every month, but we share a common bond, a camaraderie, where I could see them at a conference and we are immediately transformed back to our internship days, laughing at something that we did together. So it's a great bond. And you want to make sure that it is a good memory and is a good bond, that somebody isn't the one that always has the short end of the stick. You never offered to help. They always had the worst shifts. So make sure that you are good to your intern mates. They're going to be your friends for life. And they're always going to be there for you. Always somebody that will remember those same experiences. And at the same token, I would say, be good to your nurses. As an intern and probably a resident as well, your nurses will likely have seen 10 times the number of cases that you have, and they will save you many times over. I remember during my internship year, clearly one of my most favorite nurses coming back and saying, this dog has a hemoabdomen. Do you want me to put a catheter in and start some fluids? And I was kind of like cross-eyed shocked. It was three in the morning. I wasn't thinking clearly. And I was like, how the heck 
does she or potentially he know that is what is going on? Because they have seen this over and over and over. Many of our nurses have been doing this for years, and they've seen much, much, much more than you. Do they have different thoughts? Do they have different ways of learning or diagnosing or understanding than you at that point? Maybe because you went through your veterinary school, but they are an invaluable resource, both medical as well as documenting and everything else all around. They've been around the block likely more than you have. So trust them. Listen to them. Don't dismiss them. They are there for you. And quite honestly, they are ones that can make or break your internship year. I've had intern mates where the nurses could not stand them. And that made for a very, very tough rotation for that intern. So be good to your nurses. They're often smart, knowledgeable, and have much more experience than you do at that point in your career. Which brings me to my last point. We've been talking a lot about, you know, treating nurses well and treating your intern mates and fellow staff well, but you also want to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Now, Many of you guys know I battled with suicide ideation during the first year of my residency, had a lot of personal issues going on, and when in doubt, these are really hard years, but so important that you take care of yourself and you reach for resources that you need to be able to survive. When in doubt, talk to a counselor, talk to a therapist, talk to your mentor. You know, if you need to take time off, you need to take time off, and it is something where it is really important that you take care of yourself. So never worth doing additional training at the expense of your mental health. So, so important, you know, obviously work hard, but make sure you have outlets. Mine was trail hiking or trail running with my dog playing ultimate Frisbee. Um, so make sure, yes, you can still do some of that stuff during your internship and residency. It may be reading, it may be, you know, turning off your smartphone at 9 PM. It may be, um, you know, being able to set boundaries where, You don't get a notification every single time your blood work pops onto your smartphone. So again, make sure to take time for yourself. Garrett, do you have any hints? I'm just going to sum up what you said as well as our podcast. And and remember, as an intern, as a resident, and even as a clinician, you're not going to be the first person to feel overwhelmed on a case. You're not going to be the first person to have a meltdown in the hospital bathroom. You're not going to be the first person to blame your crying eyes on allergies rather than your emotions. There are outlets more now than ever for resources to turn to somebody for help. An internship is a great year. A residency is a great couple of years. We have an amazing profession, but we do have a demanding profession, one that requires a lot of us emotionally as well as time. We're learning a lot about work-life balance. We're learning a lot about depression in our field, but there are so many amazing aspects, amazing outlets, and amazing resources that are out there. So go into your internship being excited, being happy, ready to learn, but always knowing that there is a safety net for you. There are resources. There are people to turn to. There are people that are here to help. Awesome information, Garrett. So in conclusion, if you're doing an internship and residency, we're all about survival. Make sure you're working hard, but that you're treating your intern mates, your resident mates, your staff, your CSRs, your nursing staff all really well. Making sure that you're taking care of yourself 
but that you're also taking the time to work hard and constantly learn. Make sure you're also stepping up there so you can do procedures like thoracocentesis, abdominal centesis, pericardial taps. These are all really important procedures that you need to feel comfortable doing during your internship. And again, stay pretty broad. In other words, don't just stay focused saying you definitely want to do derm, you definitely want to do surgery. You may soon discover in your internship that you end up liking something totally different. Many people were shocked to know. I went into my internship gung-ho surgical oncology and ended up being an emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. So you never know what your path is going to, how it's going to change or where it's going to end up. But when in doubt, make sure to enjoy the year or the next couple of years to learn and to reach for help if needed. 